Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The chat is also available on Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. My guest for the chat today is Katrina Bandy. Katrina is a substitute teaching leader for Monday Night Bible Study Fellowship, and she is the Columbus Area Troop Coordinator for American Heritage Girls. She holds a degree in behavioral science, and get this, she has homeschooled and presently does five kids. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. Today I'm chatting with Katrina Bandy. Katrina is a substitute teaching leader for Monday Night Bible Study Fellowship and the Columbus Area Truth Coordinator for American Heritage Girls. She holds a degree in behavior science, and get this, she has five children that she homeschools. Welcome to the chat, Katrina. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Nida. It's, it's never boring in our house and a little chaotic at times. <laughs> it's controlled chaos, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Tell us about your family. So I've been married to my husband, Brian, for 16 years. We celebrated our latest anniversary early in August. I have the five children, like you said. I've got four girls, just one poor boy. (laughs) I think most of the time he enjoys having the sisters, although Mm -hmm. he does enjoy having that boy time. We have been homeschooling. I'm going into my 12th year of, of homeschooling. My husband supports us. He works for Cummins. I homeschool. That's what I do most of the time. I get to volunteer here and there where God calls me, but most of my days are surrounded by homeschooling and supporting the kids and what they need to get done. I've gone through all the grades now, (laughs) or almost all the grades. I've got a, my oldest is a sophomore in high school, and so that has been a whole new experience from teaching Mm -hmm. preschool and kindergarten Mm -hmm. to now learning how to teach high school. That's been, that's been difficult. Sounds like a full-time job. It is. Uh It is. (laughs) I'd like to get into your walk and your relationship with Jesus. When did you come to know him? My story is a little different in the sense of I was saved very young. My mom was very active in the church. She says I was brought to church before I was born. And so I came to a saving knowledge of Christ when I was three years old. It's been a process. I didn't learn the word sanctification Mm. until much later, until I started Bible Study Fellowship. It wasn't a word that I was brought around. I I didn't understand that word. But as I look back now, understanding the depth of that, I can see that whole sanctification process. All of those little tiny steps. I I started young, but God has brought me through all Mm. these different iterations of my faith. And so I was in church every time the doors were open. My mom has always been active in the church. And so whatever she was doing, I was doing it with her, willingly or unwillingly. We jokingly call it being voluntold. Mm-hmm. Anytime she needed a, a teacher for a class, anytime she needed help with VBS, anytime she needed bulletins folded, 
I was doing that. Mm-hmm. My whole life has been firmly in the church, firmly in the faith. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that my faith became my own until we got pregnant with our oldest. Mm. That was when I stepped out of the shadow of my mom's faith and it became my own. Even though I was married at that point, we were seven months into our marriage and found out we were pregnant. I had never taken that responsibility, never taken it seriously. And so as soon as we found out we were expecting, God got a hold of me and said, hey, you need to be in a church. You need to start making this a priority again. Get back to what you know you always should have been doing, Mm -hmm. um, but necessarily weren't being obedient to it. It's sprung from there, and God has brought my family and grown all of our faith, mine especially, in all the different ways that he's called me, whether it's being a wife, whether it's being a mother, a leader in any capacity. So it's been really neat to see. It hasn't been necessarily like that beautiful journey of just constant growth. There's been definite times of absence of walking away from the Lord, but being able to look back and say, I was never so far that I, he didn't call me back. Now we're at a time where the Lord is continuing to pull me outside of that comfort zone, pull me outside of maybe where I want to be and teaching me these things in every act of obedience, the big and the small. The way I would kind of look at what you just said is that your faith became real. It did. And God has used all of the children. He's used my marriage. He's used this that whole concept of family to make my faith real. Let's talk about your passion. Do you have a passion when we come to know Christ is that he gives us a special interest something maybe that we enjoy doing, something he gives us for passion. Has he given one to you? The way that God has has given me a passion, it hasn't been necessarily in the specificity of one particular area. And it's really neat to see that God gifts us exactly to Mm -hmm. our, and and how he, um, and our talents. And and those things. And so he knows us. He's created us. He knows us Mm -hmm. intimately. And so he knows that I'm one where I like to constantly change. I don't like to Mm -hmm. have necessarily the consistency. And so more than anything, God's given me a passion of just saying yes. I've had the opportunity to serve in a lot of different capacities. I've had the opportunity to meet all of these different people. And it's been all across the board. I've gone on mission trips and then I've had people that the Lord has brought into my life that it's just that little tiny time or moment in time to be with them and to to serve in that capacity that God's called me to. So really Mm -hmm. what the passion is saying, yes, of of whatever it may be, regardless of if I feel like I'm capable of it, of it's not about me, it's about God and it's about his work and not Mm -hmm. mine and that he equips us even when my perspective feels like I'm inadequate, mm-hmm. the reality of the fact it's God doing it. Really, it's come down to that. It's, and it sounds as if it's easy for me, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not. It's something that I consistently, when God says, here, let's do this, and I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> but God says, yes, anyways. Over the years, just God is, has continued to grow that passion of saying yes, regardless of what I want to do. Well, Katrina, I think that many times, many people never get to that point like you have been at apparently for several years, but they never get to the point to say yes automatically 
rather than fighting God, it's just so much easier. Don't you think? It's so much easier. If I would just say yes from the beginning, sure, it wouldn't be so hard. Yeah. But like you said, just yes. say yes from the beginning. God's going to cover it. He's going to provide. He's mm-hmm. going to give you all these things you didn't even know you had. It's really neat to see God's work. When we step out of the way and we mm-hmm. let God move, it's amazing to see what he's going to do. I speak from personal experience as well. (laughs) I can now say yes automatically, but it takes him building into our lives, working to get us to that point where you're talking about. I just pray that more people will Mm -hmm. get used to going with God, whatever Mm -hmm. it is he wants. What are two areas in your life that God is working on you to make you more like Jesus? He is continuing to grow me in my my patience. People hear that I'm I'm a homeschooling mom or I do these things. I'm probably the least patient person you will ever meet. And I know it's this age-old thing, you know, don't ask God for patience because he's going to give you opportunities. He gives me lots of opportunities. <laughs> I, I keep begging him like, I, I know this. I know I've learned it already. Like, And he's like, not yet. We still have more room to grow. We still have more progress to make. And so he's continuing to grow me in that area, especially the kids, as they are growing up and there are different things that arise just from that process of becoming their own. There's that patience aspect and then grace and flexibility. This was something that mm-hmm. came out of stepping into becoming a troop coordinator. It was mm-hmm. I took over right when COVID started. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, there, I could say that in my whole life. I still don't know what I'm doing. God's got it under control. I don't. <laughs> When I stepped into that role, the only thing that I could confidently say is we can handle this with grace and flexibility. If if you Mm -hmm. can hang with me, it's been that neat experience of God teaching me to hold gently Mm -hmm. to my plans Mm -hmm. of to what I want it to look like and to just kind of trust that God's going to work it all out. And then just trying to project that instead of coming off as stressed or that didn't go the way I wanted it to of grace and flexibility and really making those things my own so that I can teach those to my kids so Mm -hmm. that I can lead in that way. Well, the chat has a theme song called Stepping Out, and in it, it talks about stepping out of the boat, God's boat, of into faith. Have there been any times like that in your life? Or should we say, how many dozens of times have there been? I, I could say, on, I don't know if there's been a time where it hasn't been having to step out. My faith walk has been consistently this hesitation to step out of the boat. It's not my comfort zone. Anything that he has called me to, even the, the little tiny things, it's having a conversation with the Lord, sometimes an aggressive conversation with the Lord about, I don't want to do this. And God's saying, okay, but... We're going to do it anyways. In the big things, in the little things, God continues to pull me out of that boat, call me to things that I wouldn't sign up for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been, it's been all the things. I wish I could say that I don't fight it, but I do. Do you think he knows how hard it is for you? <laughs> I, yes, because I know that God, I, I, I know Jesus empathizes with Uh all of those struggles. Mm -hmm. I know that he sees me, but you know, we go back to the fact that Jesus loves us. God loves us too much to leave us where we're at. Mm -hmm. And he has bigger plans for us than we could Mm -hmm. ever dream for ourselves, better than we could ever 
ask for. Even though I fight it, I can remind myself a lot of the time that God's got a better plan than what I have. And even if it requires me being wildly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. that he's working, he's moving, he's got me. He's always there with me. I definitely believe he he understands. And then he's also like, but, you know, not that he doesn't care, but he's also like, yeah, come on, we got it. Let's go. Our comfort isn't really big on his on his priority list. Right. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about your prayer life. Do you have a place that you go to at a certain time during the day or just a special place where you like to pray? Tell us about your place of prayer. Having a a full house, it doesn't lend itself to having your own space. So I don't, because the kids are everywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. And I love Mm -hmm. that they want to be with me. I have to find those places, those times, and it is different from day to day. I find that God meets me where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And so if I wake up in the middle of the night, I will pray until I fall back to sleep. I have Mm -hmm. those conversations. When I wake up in the morning, I do try to, before my feet hit the floor, before the kids have registered that mom's awake, Mm -hmm. I try to make it to point to give my day to the Lord. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, Lord, you know what I have to get done today. You've seen my schedule. Mm -hmm. And if there's something that needs to move off that schedule, let me let go of it. Mm. Help me let go of it. Help me to be present with where I need to be today Mm. and help me to cover those other things that maybe still have to get done, but maybe I can fulfill them in a different way. And so I I find myself praying when I'm doing the dishes. I find myself Mm. praying when I'm grading papers, if I'm doing laundry, when I'm out in the yard. I don't necessarily have the opportunity to pull myself away at this point. I look forward to having those times where I get just uninterrupted alone time (laughs) to just talk with the Lord. I don't have those right now. I love that God meets us there, that he lays on my heart people that I need to pray for or things that I need to be praying about. And so we have that conversation throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And even in the night, if I'm struggling with something that I just can't get my mind to shut down and to Mm -hmm. go to sleep because I know I need to rest, it's, it's having that conversation with the Lord, even if it's three o'clock in the morning of like, all right, Lord, we need to hash this out so I can go to sleep. You were just talking about your schedule during the day. Don't you think God created that schedule? <laughs> that he's, he he's got down what he wants you to do each day. And so just to, to look forward and to be expectant, Katrina, of that, knowing that he's, he might throw something in there that we're not prepared for. He does that consistently for me. I I learned a couple of years ago to write my calendar in pencil because Mm -hmm. what I set out is is probably not what's going to happen that day. And I had to explain to my husband, I'm like, I promise I'm not flaky. (laughs) Something else came up and it became Mm -hmm. a a bigger priority. Everything got shifted, but everything that God needs to get done, it gets done. And then he covers the other stuff in the meantime. I'm enjoying our chat. We've got to take a break, though. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out out of the boat For the Savior is near I'm stepping out out of the boat For the Savior is near We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Katrina Bandy. And we're just now getting into asking another question about your prayer life. Are there any prayers you pray specifically for yourself? Not in the sense of they're the same every day. Each day I'm finding has its difficulties. So some days I'm praying for extra measures of of patience. Mm -hmm. 
for other days, depending on what I have going on, that God would be glorified, that it wouldn't be about me. And then other days it's, Lord, I just need you to work through some of the, some of the stress, some of the anxiety so that I can function to just get through that day. And so I found that the specificity of those prayers wax and wane with the day, mm-hmm. wax mm-hmm. and wane with the weeks and, and what I'm, I'm in because the, the struggles change. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant conversation of constantly letting the no- Lord know, like he doesn't already, but like mm-hmm. my kids, they tell me what's going on, even though I know mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. of processing with the Lord of what's going on and how I'm feeling and how I'm handling all of it. And then just giving it to God of asking most of the time, probably just asking him, Lord, mm-hmm. help me to just give it to you and just do the next thing. Just help me to do the next right thing. I don't have to worry about what you're going to do with it. I don't have to worry about what it looks like from here of just help me to, to do what you've asked of me, whether it's with the kids or with an organization or teaching or any of those things. So, Isn't that a freeing feeling? It has been, and it's, it's been something that's come in the last couple of years mm-hmm. of my life of, of that. So. And the trust that you have in him to be able to do that, knowing that he cares about every thought you have, whether we think so or not, mm-hmm. but just the trust, that is freeing in itself to know that. Mm-hmm. It is. If God could answer two prayers for you, what would those two prayers be? It was hard to narrow it down to two. <laughs> Biggest one, the one that as I look around, because my kids are still young, mm-hmm. I pray that they will continue to grow in the grace and knowledge mm. of Jesus, that their faith would become their own sooner than it did for me. They would continue to be obedient. It would be something that's a large priority in their life, that everything they do would center around their relationship with Jesus. That's my biggest prayer. That's probably the biggest concern as I've looked around, even within my own family, within my husband's family, is that my children would continue to serve the Lord. Because like you said, it is so freeing. Mm -hmm. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no hope outside of that. And so to watch my children walk outside of that is not only painful as a mother, but to see them struggle, Mm -hmm. to know that look through my own walk if I don't know how I would have made it through things without all of that. That's my first and biggest prayer. Mm -hmm. I will continue to pray it for as long as I live. And my second would be reconciliation within my husband's family. Mm -hmm. The pain that comes out of broken relationships is is significant. Yes, it is. And and it is deep-seated, especially there's friendships and then there's family. Mm -hmm. And so the pain that I've watched my husband walk through because of that, I pray that the Lord would bring that reconciliation. And if not, that he would bring a peace about it, that he would settle that in my husband's heart so that it's not something that he continues to grieve over. Yes, that's the correct word, grieve. That's what we do when relationships are broken. Mm-hmm. And it has been. It, is, it has been a very painful process over the last six or seven years. And mm. so more than anything, I pray that for him. Very significant prayer requests, those are. Mm. Has God ever disappointed you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> but I've also 
the learned, I, I think there's a maturity that comes in your faith after that disappointment because you realize that what you wanted, what you asked for, wasn't, wasn't God's best for you. You don't always get that closure. You don't always get that finality to it. But there have been many times as I've had, as I've grown in my adult years of struggling with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't something that had like a name when I first left for college. And as I had progressively more children, as life got more stressful, these behaviors, these feelings, they manifested deep. And there have been many times where I have prayed, Lord, please take this. Mm-hmm. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. I'm having a hard time functioning. I want to be all these things. I don't know how to function and execute in these areas while carrying this burden. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has said, no, (laughs) Mm -hmm. every single time. I wish Uh I could say that I, that I'm free and I have that and I'm not, God still says no. And I've gotten to the point where I firmly believe God's not going to take it from me. Mm Because, and I was just sharing, and I can't remember who it was with, but I was just sharing that he's not going to take it from me because this is what brings me to his feet is he breaks my will, not in a bad way, because my will, I'm ornery and I'm stubborn and he cannot use me efficiently if I'm over here fighting. And so he's not going to take that from me because he uses it to break my will, to bring me to his feet, to teach me. Mm-hmm. He can't teach me if I'm fighting him, if I don't have the ears to hear. As much as I would love to have that burden taken, Mm -hmm. I can also thank him for it in the fact that he knows me. Like you said, he's created me uniquely with all of these things Mm -hmm. for his purpose. And so I'm not happy about it. (laughs) And it's not enjoyable, but I'm grateful Mm -hmm. that God uses even those broken pieces to grow me and to use me in, in all those areas. We never are happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one th- thing we as human beings, we're never happy about God working on us. There's one more word I would add to your experiences, what you were talking about, depression mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. One other word that most people don't think about, but if you're in the place very often, you realize that it is a very lonely place. Yes. Lonely. You're in it. You feel like you're in it alone. And sometimes you feel like you're in it and God is not in it with you, that you're out on an island on your own all alone. And so that's another thing. And I I think you're right. That's very common for me to hear in counseling what you just said, Katrina. And that is that these things happen to us. They don't just happen. God causes them to happen. And what it is, he wants to draw us closer to him. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, is for our hearts to be connected together. Mm-hmm. And that many times it is what it takes for him to get us to his heart mm-hmm. is all these things that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get into blessings now, and I know that God has blessed you in many ways. Will you give a couple of your greatest blessings? What two blessings rise above all the others? (laughs) I put you on the spot, I know. (laughs) 
I would say my my greatest blessing is my husband. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not in the sense of having that companion because I have mm-hmm. I have a, a wonderful marriage, which is a blessing in and of itself. But as as I've gone through the years, I also have the blessing of a husband who loves the Lord, mm-hmm. who supports the the service that God calls me to, who's really okay with the fact that I step out of the house at one or two o'clock in the morning because I've gotten a call for some need. So he's he's highly supportive in that, but then he also serves alongside of me. Mm. I found that that's a, a rare gift to have that spouse who we aren't necessarily working together mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. ministries. But in spirit, you but are. in spirit, yes. yes. In spirit, we are working together. And so as he is serving in his BSF, mm-hmm. I am serving in mine. I'm serving in HG. He's serving in Trail Life. To have that partner to walk alongside you in your faith, mm-hmm. to have those conversations about God or what we're studying that week, to be able to be like, hey, what'd you think about this in the sermon? Or what did you think about this in our in our Bible study. And so to have someone that's spiritually on the same level with yep. you is an amazing gift that I wouldn't trade for anything. I didn't even know to look for it. Mm. So to see it now is, yeah, it's, it is quite a blessing. I see why you chose these two blessings. The depth that it hits you right in the heart, mm-hmm. the spiritualness of it and how that hits you. Mm-hmm. My other blessing, and I've, I've touched a little bit on it, is, is the struggles. Mm-hmm. And it sounds counterintuitive. And in the moment of, of the struggle, of the difficulty, of the pain, I don't necessarily see it. Let's be honest. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm probably frustrated. I, did, I was being obedient. Why am I here? Why am I struggling in this way? Why is this happening? And I think that's a common question. We don't always get the finality to that question. Mm-hmm. We don't always get the closure. We don't always get the why. We do sometimes, though. And so there was a, a habit that I started when I first started Bible Study Fellowship of how have you seen God in your life this week? As I got into the habit of reflecting on seeing God in my life, then it started to kind of pull back into my younger years. In 08, my husband's company went under the company he worked for went under. We we were pregnant with our second child and we were we were obedient. We did everything. It's just life happens. I ended up in the welfare office. I felt, God, why am I here? I don't belong here. It was one of those like, yes, you do, because I'm using it. Mm-hmm. And so God used that to and he uses these things, all of these little things to to grow our faith. We had a point where we literally didn't have a roof on our house like we had a house it just didn't have a roof on it and it was that way for about two years you can look back into these and those are just two instances but you can look back and you can see that each one is a step in your faith and god starts smaller it doesn't feel small by no means am i negating how difficult it feels at that time you can look back on it though yeah you can look saying. back and yeah. you can see that god is building your faith mm-hmm along the way. He doesn't start out with huge stuff. He starts with these little things yep. and then grows it from all those those all of those different ways that you can see that God was faithful. And so when times are difficult, you can look back and say, God is good. God is faithful. And he's going to pull us through regardless of if it looks the way that we want it to. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your devotion time. What's that look like? 
<laughs> it's a disaster. <laughs> I wish I could say I was more disciplined during the summer. I'm not. I, I don't have set devotions that I sit down and do. Our children every day for homeschool, they start out with Bible in their class. And so I get to go through that with them. And then also once the year starts back up this year, we're, we're studying John for Bible study. And so that actually eats up a lot mm-hmm. of my time during the week, depending on if I'm teaching that week or not. That I'm grateful for the discipline. I need to get better during the summer to find those devotions where I can sit down, get in the habit of doing those things. I'm just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not there yet. Mm. Do you happen to have a favorite book in the Bible? I don't. That's okay. But it's become more real to me that God's word is alive and active. And so it might have been a book that I've read before, a book that I've never read, but it's exactly Mm -hmm. at the right time that I need it. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, even if it's something I've already studied before, what I'm going through in my life, it's exactly that week. And it is so crazy to look back and be like, oh, my goodness, we're studying that in Bible study. Sure. And and to see that God's word is constantly moving and working in my life. And so I don't have a favorite. It's usually whichever one we're start studying at that point in time. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite. Mm-hmm. We've got to take another break. We'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and we're at the point where I get to ask my favorite question. Now, Rick Peterson doesn't like this question, but I do, and so I'm going to ask it. Of the Ten Commandments, Katrina, which one is the hardest for you to keep? Probably be the... Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's a a difficult one, and especially because there's so much that draws our attention. And having a family, I mean, that's a that's a mm-hmm. wonderful thing to have. But also mm-hmm. remembering the priorities that come. And so I think so easily I can get distracted by all the things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Like I had said, you know, having to write the calendar in pencil and those kinds sure. of things of giving the schedule to God because it's so easy to see the schedule and all the things that I need to get done that if I fall out of the habit of putting him first, then I'll get pulled away by all these other things. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is probably the biggest struggle for me. What are a couple of your favorite women in Scripture? There are just so many, you know. There are, and they're all so good and applicable at, yes. you know, at different times of your life. The mm-hmm. one that sat with me are Ruth and Naomi. And there's so many different takeaways that you can have from that lesson. For me, it was redemption Mm. of even in disobedience, God can still use you. Even if you didn't necessarily have a background where you were following God, God can still use you. And so that has always resonated with me of, of seeing what God does and how he moves and how he pulls us back to him. It's, it's always reassuring for me that, that redemption story. Have you had a mentor? I would say I've been very blessed to have so very many different people throughout my entire life who have invested deeply in my faith. Mm. And even if they didn't know it, even if they didn't, even if they were meeting a physical need or 
helping in a certain situation, they have been ministering to me spiritually. They have been an example that I could latch onto, that I could learn from. And so I've had some overt members, and then I've had some that probably will never know this side of heaven, that they had such a huge impact in my life. Have you ever told anyone how, that you appreciate what they've meant to you through your life? I actually tried to reach out to one. It was from when I was a, a child, and unfortunately, by that point, he had passed away. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I never got to, to tell him, I'll tell him in heaven one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond mm-hmm. that, no, I have not done so. Have you ever mentored anyone? Not overtly. It's never been that set up consistent thing. I pray that the Lord is made known through mm-hmm. the interactions that I have, mm-hmm. that people see him and not me. It's mm-hmm. just being obedient and trusting God mm-hmm. in the process for mm-hmm. whatever he has planned. You know, some people think that mentoring has to be formal. You have to say, I want you to be my mentor. And you say, no, I don't want to be or whatever. <laughs> but there are informal mentors. And so how important those are. And so when you're saying, Katrina, you're sitting there saying that as far as you know, there's not anyone. As far as I know, Nida Evans, there are people looking at you and there are people that you are making a difference in. It's just sometimes we don't realize it. You agree? Mm -hmm. I would, because I've had those people in my life. Yeah, and they're oh so important, so important. They are. Let's talk about struggles. I'm sure you're like the rest of us, and you've had a few in your life. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about one? I would say one huge struggle I had early on is um, growing up with my husband. We were married young, and then we had children really quick into our marriage. Not intentionally, but God had a different plan. That was a huge struggle as we both were trying to be good spouses. We were trying to to serve the Lord. We were trying to raise a family. There were some very hard years where it was just difficult. It wasn't what either one of us had imagined marriage to be or what parenthood would be for probably the first seven years of our marriage. It was it was just constant difficulty of failing to to communicate of. And that's where God really brought out all these things I didn't know were kind of like these sleeping giants within Mm -hmm. me that I hadn't, I didn't know they were there, so I hadn't taken care of it. And so when they came out in my marriage and I had to deal with being angry and realizing that's a, that's a knee jerk reaction of all of this anger that came out of who knows where, you know, childhood, all those different things. And then having to process that semi-openly because your husband's seeing it, not understanding. It was just that process of the Lord working on me, of us having to grow up together, of us having to struggle together to like have those painful communications of what this is what I said, what did you hear? It was rough. But even in that, God has brought us to a whole different place. It didn't. We didn't have to stay there. God continued to, to hold on to us. He brought those people into our lives to minister to us when we needed it. We had a pastor and his wife who adopted us and were able to, you know, as things came out and 
those um, and those kinds of things, they were they were able to encourage us to counsel us. And God is just so good. That's just one aspect of a struggle. But I can look and I can see all these different people that the Lord has brought into our life to minister to us at that particular time that they had gone through. And that's the neat thing is these people had gone through this, this pastor and his wife had gone through this same struggle. Mm-hmm. They had, and it was, it was crazy to think that these people that I held so highly in regard also struggled with the same things that I did. They had, they had a rough marriage. They had all of these things. And so for them to be able to step in and to minister to us in the, in our time of need, that's why I can be thankful for, for the struggle, because I know that God's going to use it. I don't necessarily know how, but I know that the struggles that we go through, he uses that to minister to other people. And you may not even know that it's happening, but he does. There's a scriptural word for that, and it's called redemption. Mm-hmm. God's redemption, and only he can work it in our lives. During any of your times of struggle, has God brought any scriptures to mind? Can you think of any? It hasn't been anything consistent, anything Mm -hmm. specific. Again, it's very much so to the situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. I couldn't name any one specific that that I've carried through Mm -hmm. my whole faith walk. It's been particular lessons, particular chunks of, of scripture, particular stories that are mimicking what I'm currently processing or going through or handling or what God is preparing me for. And that's why his word being alive and active is so important because we're mm-hmm. never in the same yes. place. Yes. Has there been a song? There has. Okay, let's this hear one. it. So there's been many songs over <laughs> that. Over, yeah. And I, I actually struggled to find the one that I would say I've carried with mm-hmm. me, but there was one mm-hmm. that I heard when I was a little girl. It has meant different things to me as I've grown and served a different purpose in each aspect of my life as, as I've gone. And so it is well with my soul. And I heard the story behind it. It wasn't just that I heard the hymn. Mm-hmm. I heard the story behind it. This <laughs> this dude is is doing what he's supposed to be doing and things are still happening. He's being obedient. And it feels like everything is failing. He's lost absolutely everything and his ability to to let all of it go and still trust that God has it all under control. And then, and his ability to say, it is well with my soul, even if Horatio Spafford, you know, as he's writing this, I don't know if he necessarily understood the impact that he would have yes. for for so many years after. And, and then it's also then you hear the rest of the story afterwards of God redeeming that pain mm-hmm. of I've taken from you, but I, I also give. It has been a sweet one that has been able to anchor all of my experiences, encapsulate all of my experiences in this one song. Let's listen to the song that Katrina has chosen today. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, what 
wonderful song. That song ministers to so millions, I'm sure millions and millions of people. I know it ministers to me as well. I'd like to give you a couple of minutes to talk to the chat listeners and just say anything that you feel like God has laid on your heart that he wants them to hear come from you. Will you do that? One thing that God has continued to to lay on my heart, and it's always neat to see God work and God move, is just say yes. Just be obedient. Just trust the process. There have been so many things. I would, I would say all of the things I have never felt ready for, I've never felt equipped for. I've, I've always felt that other people were more, <laughs> more capable. Um, they've had more time in, in the faith. They've had more experiences. They have more, they have more, they have more. But God has uniquely created you for exactly the work that he has for you. And so instead of saying, but God, you don't know me, he does know you. He created you. He knows the ins and the outs, even if we try to hide them. God sees all of that. And so trust that, that God knows you, that if he's calling you to it, then he, he's going to give all the things that you need. It doesn't matter if you are the odd one sitting in that circle of ladies that you feel like you don't belong. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you don't fit that stereotype of what people picture to be a Christian woman doesn't matter where you're at in your faith walk or your age. I'm reminded of Timothy and the fact of like, don't let people look down on you because you're young. And I have done that to myself. And so don't diminish what God can do simply because you put limitations in your path. And so more than anything, say yes, say yes. You never know where God's going to take you. It's probably not going to be what you picture. That's okay. It's You might walk away from it being like, that's a disaster. And you just trust God for the process because it's not your work. And so, and it's less painful when you're obedient. It's less painful when you don't fight it. Because in my experience, I found I'll tell God no and I'll go no. And he'll be like, but yes, anyways. And so I'm, I'm being dragged by, by an ankle as he's like, we're going to do this anyways. And so just encouraging you that your insecurities, your maybe where you don't feel like you are enough, God's going to take that. He's going to use that. God's not measuring you by human standard. And I say that as if I've mastered it. <laughs> I'm like hearing it. And I'm like, I say that like I have it under control or that it's easy for me. Right. It's not. I can say it and I can believe it because I have all this past experience to it. But I know that the next thing that God's calling me to that my gut reaction is going to be no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd pick her. Pick them. Because. Because. <laughs> because of all these things. And right. It's it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's about God and what he's doing, and we have the privilege to be a part of that. There's a biblical word for that, too. <laughs> Would <laughs> you serious. like it now? Sure. Okay. <laughs> the biblical word is obedience. Yes. Automatic obedience. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> 
Will you pray with me? Yes. So, Lord, we come before you. I thank you for this sweet time of being able to give you the glory, to be able to see your hand moving even when it's it's painful, even when it's hard. Lord, I pray that anyone listening would would just see you, that if they're struggling with something, Lord, that you would just come alongside them and and equip them, provide for them, bring that person into their lives that is exactly what they need at that time, Lord, that you would open their eyes to be able to see your past faithfulness, your past goodness. Lord, I pray that as you as you continue to move, that you would give us the courage and the boldness to say yes, to be obedient, that we you would diminish that desire to to say no that we would see the privilege and the blessing that pours out of that, even if it's not necessarily what what everyone else would define as a blessing, Lord, that you would bring joy and contentedness and peace that comes in all of your work. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to raise up women that are, or anyone that's listening, Lord, that you would continue to raise up these people who do your work. And so, Lord, I just... I thank you for all that you are, for all that you will be, for all that you continue to be, for your goodness and faithfulness, Lord. And so I just thank you for this time to to be able to ruminate on all that you are. In your precious and holy name, amen. Thank you for coming to chat with me today, Katrina. So good to have you. As I was saying that, I don't see how you had the time to come by and do it with all that you do, but thank you. Thank you for having me, Nida. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat for the Savior.